0: Of the Critics Corner Podcast Yankee Weekly Recap edition. We are back to talk another week of New York Yankees baseball. And this is this is really the first week since I've done this podcast that the Yankees have had just really an abysmal week. There's no other way to put it. Losing four games, losing two series, losing a series to the Baltimore Orioles, a team that entered the series against the Yankees this weekend with a record under or 50 games under 500, who would have thought we, the Yankees would have lost two of three to the Baltimore Orioles? The Yankees, especially on Friday and Saturday, the Yankees made the Orioles pitching look like it was, I don't know, the White Sox or the, you know, 90s Braves, like just abysmal. Um, so this will be really the first podcast that you guys get to hear me vent. Uh, it's a lot easier to come on and talk about the Yankees when they're playing well, and it is obviously extremely frustrating to come on here and talk about them when they just put up a week like they did. Um, I think it's safe to say that we can kiss the, the the division goodbye. We're seven and a half behind Tampa Bay, who lost today. It would have been a great opportunity to gain a game on them, um, but no. Didn't take advantage of it. And now, so we're still seven and a half back. And, you know, with what, like 25, 20-ish games left, I just don't see it happening. Uh, We're going to have to really be fighting with Boston uh, because Oakland got beat up this weekend pretty badly in Toronto. Uh, We're going to be fighting with the Red Sox for, you know, home field advantage in the wild card game um so kind of disappointing to write off the division but it kind of seems like we're in that position now the Yankees just feel like they're reverting back to their old first half selves Uh, it's just not it's not the same team we've seen since the first uh, since the trade deadline and I'll get into that a little bit later uh, when I get into the specifics of how players are playing and kind of what we're looking at roster construction wise Um, but the Yankees like they have entered this week kind of on a downward trajectory like not much momentum heading into this week having lost the final two games of that Oakland series and that really continued um throughout this entire week really I want to start with the uh the Orioles series that just finished before we get into the the uh the Angels series out in Anaheim and this, this Orioles series, obviously having losing lost two of three is extremely disappointing. It's even more disappointing considering the fact that on Saturday and Sunday, each game lasted over four hours. So I sat there and watched the Yankees lose to the freaking Baltimore Orioles, a team that's 50 games under 500. I sat there and watched that for four hours and I it's just frustrating. It's very frustrating. I I can't get those hours of my life back. Those eight hours are are gone forever, but at least I get to vent to you guys on this podcast. Um, Instead of just, I guess, leaving it all inside of myself, um, I can talk it out, uh, which always, which definitely always helps. I think I will start on the game today. Um, The, the was the final score, eight, seven loss to Baltimore. Um, So You know, having lost on Saturday, there was our all the fan base, and obviously the players were really disappointed. And momentum was low, morale was low, and then we get hit with some really bad news this morning that Jonathan LaWisega will be hitting the ten-day injured list with a right rotator cuff strain, and it's going to be longer than ten days. They came out and said that he won't even throw for ten days. I think we're going to be lucky to even see him for the rest of the season, considering it is on his throwing arm. It's a rotator cuff injury. Those are always very um, fragile injuries. A rotator cuff injury can you know, leave a player out for an entire season sometimes. Um, and I know it's not the exact same thing, but I did dislocate my shoulder like three years ago. And I can say that it still hurts me every single day. I do my therapy exercises, I take care of it, I ice it and everything, and it just—it still hurts every day. I don't know how similar a rotator cuff injury is, but I do know just from personal experience that shoulder injuries can be very frustrating, very finicky. Um, You feel like you can do everything in the world to fix it, and it still hurts. I hope that's not the same with Jonathan Loisega, but I would be very surprised if we see him pitch for the Yankees again this season which is super disappointing because I think he's been our best reliever this entire season. Um, I don't have any stats to back that up. That's just coming from watching him the the entire season. Um, I think he should have been the closer ahead of Chapman. Um, But the Yankees, you know, kind of already felt his loss today when they had to use the bullpen in the seventh inning. We'll we'll get to that later because boy, do I have to talk about that. Um, but in, in, in the corresponding move, the Yankees recalled Albert Abreu from Triple A, which I'm happy for him. I, I think he absolutely deserves that spot in the bullpen. He he has really good stuff. He was good today, um, if it weren't for a certain error um, that I'll that I'll also talk about when I get to it. But yeah, I'm obviously just devastating to lose La to, to the injured list and potentially for the rest of the season. But Albert Abreu is certainly going to get his opportunity to shine, and I think he absolutely deserves it. So good for Abreu. Stinks to lose LaVisa. Um Kluber. Corey Kluber got the start today. In his it was his second start back from the injured list. Um, he also started on Monday against the Angels. He was super disappointing today. There's really no other way to put it. I, I know it was raining for raining pretty hard for most of his start, but that is absolutely no excuse for him. His pitch count got up there really quickly because he was falling behind in counts. He could not locate his off-speed stuff. Um, and this was a day where the Yankees really needed some length from their starter um, considering the bullpen has just been taxed so heavily of late, which is just mind-blowing in, in the fact that we're facing the Orioles and we can say that our bullpen has been taxed heavily of late. But sure enough, that is the case. Um, so just to go through it, uh, in, in the top of the first, Kluber did get out of a no-out runner on third jam by striking three three straight Orioles batters out in the heart of their lineup. So it was like, okay, he got out of that. Maybe he can continue that into um, the rest of his start. That was absolutely not the case. Austin Hayes hit a solo home run in the top of the second, just over the wall in left field. That made it 1-0 Orioles. Um, looked like Gallo could have caught that ball, but seems like he maybe judged it a little bit wrong a little bit wrong there but we were able gary sanchez was able to alleviate that run by hitting a grand slam in the bottom of the second upper deck blast to left field that was a really good at bat by gary multiple pitch at bat um three two count ended up for ended up with a huge home run for gary and the yankees um, to make it 4-1, you know, maybe we would have thought, okay, that's going to alleviate some of the pressure for the Yanks, but no, um, really just weren't able to keep the lead, and that was kind of a theme throughout this game. In the top of the fourth, Jorge Mateo hit a sack fly, scoring Urias, making it 4-2 Yankees, and that was the end of uh, the day for Kluber, Um so like overall his stat line three so his stat line three point two innings pitched, four hits, two runs, both of them earned, three walks, five strikeouts, and a home run. Absolutely had to pull him in that situation. Um, he was in a jam and the his pitch count was way up there. So the Yankees brought in Julie Rodriguez who did get out of it. Um, so good job by him, but really just unfortunate by Kluber who's had two pretty poor starts from um, coming back off that injured list still you're up 4-2 in the fourth you think okay our bullpen is good I know it's been taxed of late but we have a chance we we should win this game you know like whenever I'm watching the Yankees play the Orioles no matter what the score is as long as we have a lead I always feel like we're gonna win the game just because their offense is that bad and like Ryan Mountcastle one of their better hitters was out today because he picked up like a small injury in yesterday's game so I was thinking okay probably gonna win this game anyway and then in the bottom of the fifth Rizzo blooped a single into kind of no man's land in right center scoring DJ Lemayhu, and that made it 5-2 and that's when I really thought okay this game was over um but of course not Albert Abreu pitched the so he did did a good job pitching the fifth and was had two out got two quick outs in the top of the sixth was really looking impressed by him Um, but and you know he had a I forget who it was. I think it was Gutierrez hit like a ground ball to Glaber with two outs in the top of the, in, in the top of the sixth. And it looked like it was going to be a one, two, three inning. great one, two, three quick inning by um, Albert Abreu impressive in his first outing coming up from triple a, but of course not Glaber, you know, took his sweet time with that grounder, couple hops threw it to first. And the guy Gutierrez beat it out. And sure enough, Cedric Mullins follows that up next batter home run to right field because that's just how baseball works uh, making it 5-4 Yankees and I just think that's I I think that's a lack of scouting from Glaber a lack of paying attention to details because you know every before every game and you know playing the Orioles all the time 19 times a season that the Yankees do, you know like basically all the players you're playing against inside and out. So there's really no excuse for Glaber not knowing the fact that Gutierrez was fast and could potentially beat out a ground ball to him. You know, that's something you think of as a fielder before every pitch is, okay, you know, how much if if you, you always have to think ahead. You have to be two steps ahead. So you're thinking, all right, if he hits a ground ball to me here in this situation, I have x amount of time to get rid of it because i know he's this fast and he could potentially beat out the throw but glaber i don't i think he just misaccounted for Gutierrez's speed by taking two hops there letting him beat it out and there's just absolutely no excuse for that by glaber you're a professional baseball player you you should know how fast the guys you're playing against are um and that's just another whoa another error i didn't go down in the in the stat sheet or in the box score as an error but it's a mental error Um, just unexcusable from glaber and of of course you know the way baseball works cedric mullins of course is going to come up next and hit a home run and keep the orioles within striking distance that's just the way the game works but it's just another mishap in glaber torres this season at shortstop i really don't think he's a true shortstop i think he fits better at second base but that kind of leaves the Yankees in a tricky situation with, you know, Voight and Rizzo at first, DJ playing second, um, Urshela usually playing third, but Odor's an infielder that we have to put somewhere too, um, even though he's been pretty bad of late. But I think the Yankees, like, should do, figure something out and get a true shortstop uh you know because if you're gonna have a guy like glaber at shortstop that isn't necessarily a plus fielder you really want him to be a plus plus bat and he's just not that either um i think center field and shortstop are two positions where you just need to have absolute rocks defensively they're the two most important positions and hardest positions defensively and glaber torres starting at shortstop for the new york yankees is i just don't think it's a good fit i think we should move him over to second where he has less pressure defensively and maybe can focus more on his bat um and maybe play do something with Voight like maybe get rid of Voight this offseason probably not going to resign Rizzo so you can move DJ to first base or even play him at third somehow and go out and get like a true shortstop I don't know exactly what the free agent market looks like right now but I, I think my point is just that I don't see and think of Glaber as like a true shortstop um he just doesn't – he doesn't have the arm strength and, I mean, seemingly he doesn't have the, you know, mental capabilities to play the position. Um, I mean, do your scouting report, man, you know. But in the bottom of the sixth, Gary kind of got you – know, he got those runs back, Um hitting a home run, another home run is second of the day to left field scoring Glaber who singled. So the Yankees made it seven, four. And at that point, you know, you're nine outs away. You think, okay, the Yankees should have this game wrapped up. I really hope we don't blow a seven, four lead to the Baltimore Orioles. And then in stepped, of course, Andrew Heaney. And, you know, I've talked at length about Andrew Heaney in previous podcasts, but I've never really been able to like totally ripped the guy because we we were winning games but oh my gosh like he he managed to work himself into a bases loaded no outs jam and i was texting my yankees group chat like what did what did we say we were saying like we were up seven four and then he comes in we're like oh god here we go like all of us were like here we go we're screwed this is over i can hear it now you know like drilled a deep left field um as Michael Kay always says when there's a home run. And sure enough, Indra Heaney was was terrible. He's just, he's not a good pitcher. He's really bad. There's no spot for him on this roster. Um, so bases loaded, no outs. He did get the first out of the inning. I think it was like an infield pop-up or something. But then he gives up a double over Stanton's head in right field, scoring two runs, making it 7-6 Orioles. And then he gives up, after like a pretty long at bat Jorge Mateo former like top top Yankees prospect he was number one in our farm system in like 2016 2017 he had a good weekend by the way Um, he had a bloop single to center field scoring Hayes making it a seven to seven tie game so Andrew Heaney managed to blow a 7-4 lead in the top of the seventh Um, just some stats on Heaney um, he has a 7.1 or 7.31 ERA in seven games with the Yankees, five starts. And he has given up 23 runs in 28.1 innings pitched. So, yeah, I would be surprised if we see Andrew Heaney ever put on a Yankee uniform again. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets designated for assignment like any moment right now. Um, definitely before tomorrow's game against the. Who are we playing? Uh, the Blue Jays. Um, bring up Luis Heal. He he had he's pitched his mind out. Is that a phrase? No. He he pitched uh, he pitched lights out when he was up as a starter. Bring him up. It. We're this Heaney uh, experiment. It's done. It's it's no longer. Um, it's, he's no longer a serviceable major league pitcher for the Yankees, um, and you know. You can't blame Boone on this one because he got he got ejected in like the fourth inning for arguing balls and strikes. So it wasn't his decision to put to put him in the game. Nor was it his decision to have Heaney on the roster for all that matters. So that's a Cashman thing. He made that deal. I like I understand the thought process in wanting to put him in in that situation because you know you're up seven four. Um, Heaney is he's technically a starter so he can give you length in when you really need it considering how taxed the bullpen was but all that being said he is Andrew Heaney and he's just not a good pitcher so yeah Orioles tie the game we bring in Wandi Peralta with one out um, and he gives up a single so of course that scores another run eight, eight seven Orioles and that was the end of the game the Yankees didn't score any runs for three straight innings, nor did the Orioles, and we ended up losing 8-7. So, I mean, yeah, just really no excuses. That's a tough loss. And, you know, Cohn uh, was saying on the broadcast, you know, the, the when we were after that big inning in the seventh, when it was the bottom of the seventh and we were down 8-7, he said, you know, it's time for the Yankees' offense to pick up its pitching staff, which, and he said, he said, uh, you know, they haven't done that all season. The the pitching staff has carried the um, team the whole year, and like I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's true. But also, they scored seven runs today, and you know, all most most of those runs being on the bat of Gary Sanchez's two home runs. He had six RBIs today, but they scored seven runs. Like this game was kind of on the pitching in the bullpen, um, and really Andrew Heaney. There's you know, if, if the blame lies on one player, it's Andrew Heaney. Um, and that, I mean, it's just a series that you have to take advantage of <laughs> three games in the Bronx against the Orioles and you lose two of three, just inexcusable. Um, well I, I'll talk about the other two games, uh, right now. So the Friday game, um, who started that game? That was Cortez, Cortez started the game on Friday night. He did he did a good job for the Yankees in the uh, getting the win. Um he so he went 5.2 innings pitched, four hits, only one run it was earned, two walks and seven strikeouts. So, you know, I think he's been so good that obvi- he obviously moved Heaney to the bullpen and not himself, which has which is impressive not I mean I guess hindsight 2020 like we, we all thought Heaney would have been a lot better than he was, but still impressive from Cortez, who was basically a reliever this whole season, earning himself a, start, uh, a spot in the starting rotation. The Yankees faced John Means, who he had a no-hitter through four innings against the Yankees, or he brought it into the fourth inning. Stanton did break that up by hitting a home run to right center. That was his 26th of the season. It looked like it was off the end of the bat too, but that made it one nothing Yankees. Um, DJ had a sack fly, making it 2-0. Um, finally, the Yankees started hitting John Means hard in the bottom of the fourth. I know he's their best pitcher, but it is the Orioles. Like He has a 3.43 ERA hitting into the game. It's not like he's Cy Young. Um, but yeah, the Orioles came back and ended up tying the game in the sixth and it went to extras against the Orioles, so it's, you know, we did end up winning this game, but we very well could have got swept against these guys, which is crazy, um, in the 10th, the Orioles, both the Yankees and the Orioles scored one run, um, really the game was won by Clay Holmes, who was really impressive on, um, Friday night and Saturday, I think he pitched Saturday too, in the top of the 11th, um clay holmes got out of a first and third no out jam to leave the orioles scoreless and obviously in this new extra innings rule baseball where you get a guy on second base to start the inning um if you get out of the inning scoreless that really puts you in a good position to win the game and sure enough the yankees did just that stanton came up first batter of the 11th um and single to center scoring judge and the yankees won the game 4-3 and you know you were kind of thinking okay we just beat their best pitcher their offense I guess the Orioles offense was kind of firing on um on Friday night uh you know I will give them credit like as bad as they are the Mullins Mountcastle Mancini um and Austin Hayes like those are four solid bats to to have at the top of the lineup and you know they're gonna be adding Adley Rushman here probably next season. I don't think we're gonna see him this season at all. But like they have a future at least. So as bad as they are, they do have some some good bats in their lineup and some good bats in the farm system that we'll see. But yeah, like the Yankees won that game on Friday against their best pitcher. You would have thought that they uh you know would have carried that momentum into the weekend, but of course they did not the Yankees were facing Chris Ellis, a guy that was making his fourth appearance in the big leagues this season. He had a 3.09 ERA. Um, the Yankees did not get a hit until the seventh inning against the Orioles. Now, Chris Ellis didn't carry that no-hitter into the seventh. He did. His pitch count got up there, so he did get pulled. And the Yankees or the Orioles brought in some bullpen arms. But I mean, still, you know, the Orioles were up 3 nothing in the seventh. And we the Yankees hadn't had a single hit. There was the potential of the Yankees getting no hit by the Baltimore Orioles, but that that changed when Torres hit like an infield single. Kind of lucky to be considered a hit, uh, scoring Rizzo Rizzo who walked. So that made it three one. Um, and I think it was like first and second, or maybe even the bases loaded with one out. And Luke Voigt pinch hit for Tyler Wade, and he proceeded to. Around into a double play, and that's just 2021 Yankees, leading, leading the league, I believe, in uh, grounded in, in double plays, um, and I think Luke Voigt has really been frustrating me this week. And of late, you know, he he was hitting well when uh, he got when Rizzo hit the COVID IL, and he had to fill in at first base. He played really well, and I get I give him credit for that. I believe I gave him hitter of the week once, but you know he's been really bad of late i don't have the stats in front of me but i know for a fact he only got two hits this week and i feel like he's really pressing and i just don't someone needs to tell him that there are there are other ways to get on base besides hitting the ball 600 feet into the left field bleachers the leg kick is just absolutely absurd um and every swing it looks like Javier Baez the way he's pulling off the ball um yeah i think i know he led the quote quote unquote led the league in home runs last season in a 60 game shortened season and he keeps bringing that up when <laughs> he was talking in the press conference saying that he deserves a, a spot to in the in the lineup and he did at that time no doubt but right now he's looking really really bad um I think he needs to work. I, I who am I to critique a, a big league hitter's swing? But if I was him in that situation, I feel like it would make make it a lot easier on himself to eliminate that leg kick and really focus on getting your foot down. and It just helps a lot more with your timing. But that lay, long, um, you know, sweeping leg kick—I've never seen anything like it before. You know, he, a lot of guys have a big leg kick where they pick it up straight straight up and down but he kind of like swings his leg. It's very unnatural looking and I think it really messes with this with it, with his timing. Um you know we see him really getting overpowered by any sort of fastball over like 93, 94 miles an hour. So I, I think if he just shortens up that swing, I think he could get on base a lot more than he does, um put the ball in play, but he's he strikes out quite a lot and he um, yeah grounded in, into a double play in a huge situation there um and yeah he struck out in another big situation in the game today too I think it was on three pitches just swinging at you know off speed in the dirt um so i don't know luke voigt he's been frustrating of late but in the bottom of the eighth the Yankees did uh tie up the game off of jorge lopez joey gallo had a clutch home run to right field so that was pretty exciting but of course, it was short-lived. And you know, a note on Gallo—he's been, he's been abysmal um, of late. I have some stats here that I uh, screenshotted. Uh, so after the game on Friday night, so this was the Saturday game that I'm talking about now. But after the game on Friday, uh, Joey Gallo was, since joining the Yankees in July, he was 15 for 112. So that equates to a 134 average with five home runs and 11 RBIs. And that's just, that's just simply unacceptable. And he, his average for the entire season is below 200. I think he's like 198 or something. And I know the analytical nerds will give me all these crazy stats saying why he's the best player in the game and all that stuff. And he walks a lot. He gets on base a lot. Like, cool. He gets on base a lot, but there's also something for being able to put the ball in play and make the defense work. You know, we don't see much of that anymore. Um, and I think Joey Gallo is the, the model of like an analytical darling, 2021 baseball player that, um, maybe certain people love and think is the future of the game. But watching this guy every day he he's stink. oh he doesn't stink sorry i take that back he doesn't stink but he's really 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 struggling right now and i think i mean if i was Bruno, i would have probably given him a day today coming especially hitting against a lefty but he didn't um and uh, I think he went O for again today, but it's just frustrating watching this guy. He he really does like the knock on him when we traded for him is like, well, he's going to strike out a lot, but he's going to hit a lot of homers, and and also get a lot of walks. He's definitely walked a lot. He he has six home runs, so I guess that's okay. But I mean, one thirty four batting average. Um, I don't care if you if you walk a lot. If you're hitting one thirty four and you're not really doing much else I guess he's a plus defender but yeah I don't know it's we got another year of control uh for Gallo too so he'll be on the team next year doesn't make I don't think he makes a ton of money or anything so it's not like it's a huge hit but just frustrating watching him but he did hit a clutch home run in that situation um but in the top of the ninth my favorite player my favorite Yankee player, Aroldis Chapman, came in, managed to work himself into a bases-loaded no-out jam because that's what Aroldis Chapman does for a living. Um, I guess he did a good job to only give up one run, one run. but Pedro Severino hit a sack fly with one out to make it 4-3 Orioles. Um, and yeah, the Yankees ended up losing the game 4-3. So I don't know. Like my My notes in this game that I wrote down is if the Yankees can't hit a guy named Chris Ellis making his fourth start or his fourth appearance of the season, I mean, how do we expect to hit top pitching in the playoffs? You know? I, if we can't hit essentially what is minor league pitching, how are we going to hit the Chris Sales of the world or the um, Lance Lins, the Lucas Giolitos, the uh, Zach Greinke's, the, you know, all those guys just, ugh. and... It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. The Bats really went cold on Friday and Saturday. Not not necessarily as much today. I mean, actually, yes. Today they went cold outside of Gary Sanchez. Um, Stanton and Judge today went like a combined 0 for 8. So (sighs) frustrating losing the series to the Baltimore Orioles. I think the Orioles have beaten us seven times this season, the, the most in the Bigs. So imagine, like, just imagine we win those. We win five of those seven games, not even all of them. We'd be squarely in the division race. But the, the fact that we can't beat up on a team that is essentially a minor league baseball team, we're way, way out of the minor or the, the division race. And we're, we have to focus solely on hosting the wild card game at this point in the season. It's just mind-boggling. It's so frustrating because this Yankees team could be right up there challenging with Tampa Bay. But A, we've lost so many gut-wrenching games this season it's just it was body blow after body blow uh in the first half of the season really before the trade deadline uh to be honest and and b because we're not beating the teams we're supposed to beat like baltimore and also c we have a really bad record against teams in the american league east so i think it's a it's below 500 against teams in the american league east so (sighs) What what can you do? This team, this Yankees team, is kind of shooting itself in the foot. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the the Angels series now too, which was another disappointing one. Um, I'll note that the Yankees did enter the the week six games back in the division and two games ahead in the wild card. Uh, Monday night was Kluber's first start since May twenty fifth, coming off that injured list. The Angels did one of their uh, bullpen games. Um, which the Yankees usually struggle with, but they were able to score two runs in the first inning. So, you know, you're kind of thinking, all right, here we go. Um, Good start. Maybe we're bouncing back off that bad series in Oakland, but that was not the case. Uh, Kluber started off well the first three innings, but in the fourth is when he imploded, giving up a single to Joe Adele, an RBI single. So that made it 2-1. And then kind of the the backbreaker, a grand slam by Jack Mayfield. Um, And that was... The fourth inning was the end of Kluber's night. He went four innings, five hits, five runs, all of them earned. Two walks and six strikeouts. So he started well, but really imploded in the fourth, like I said. But the Yankees did a good job by coming back and, and battling back by scoring three runs in the fifth inning. So right after that bad fourth, the Yankees came right back. Uh, DJ had an RBI single. Judge had an RBI single. And Stanton had an RBI single, so three singles for the Yankees to tie up the game. Usually, you know, the Yankees score their runs via the long ball, but that was not the case. It was kind of nice to see three uh, back-to-back, or not back-to-back-to-back, but three singles to uh, take the lead in that in that inning, or to tie the game in that inning. But of course, in the bottom of the fifth, guess who came on the mound for the Yankees? It was none other, none other than Andrew Heaney against his former team. Um, and Otani hit a blast to uh, to left field off of Andrew Heaney, his 42nd home run of the season. So, yeah, Otani obviously is a very dangerous bat, MVP of the league or of the the American League this season, no doubt. So that, that gave the Angels a six five lead. Heaney like just absolutely hung a curveball in the middle in middle middle right down the plate. So of course that hitter like Otani is going to take advantage of that. And then Juan Lagares tripled on an 0-2 count with two outs off of Heaney, scoring another run, making it 7-5 Angels. I'm like, what what is the, from Boone's perspective there, I think there is absolutely no reason to bring in Andrew Heaney in that situation. A, it was his first appearance out of the bullpen this season. First or second, I think it was his second, but maybe his first. Um, and it's against his former team, a, a team that knows him like backwards and forwards. They know what he throws. They know how hard he throws. They know they've probably hit against him in simulated games or a lot in spring training. Why Heaney in that situation? Um, frustrating. And of course they score two runs. I don't think Andrew Heaney has ever pitched without giving up a run for the Yankees. Even that Boston game, he gave up a run in the first inning. So like, it seems like every time he comes in a game, he gives up a run. Like right away in the first inning. Makes you miss Luis Sessa. I'll I'll say that, a guy that we traded away to the Reds for cash to clear up cash uh, cap room. Oh, there's no cap, but to clear up salary space um, to stay under the luxury tax. Uh, Yeah, we traded away one of our better relievers in Luis Sessa. Safe to say we miss him at this point. Yankees offense battled back again in the top of the seventh when Stanton hit a home run to Uh, Score Rizzo, making it 7-7. That was an absolute bomb to those rocks that the Angels have in left center. That was his 25th homer of the season. Great week again by Stanton. But the Yankees were not able to hold on to the lead. Juan Lagares had another RBI. Uh, He singled off of Clay Holmes to make it 8-7 in the bottom of the eighth. And that was really the game. Game ended 8-7. The Yankees lost their third straight of the year. Uh, the Yankees did, a, the offense did a great job by being resilient and coming back to tie the game up twice. But like I said, the, the bullpen kind of let this one go. Heaney was, was atrocious and it actually it was confirmed his first bullpen appearance of the year, by the way. Um, just disagree with that choice, especially against his former team. But yeah, Heaney gave up two, um, Clay Holmes gave up the... Um, the lead and, or I guess the, the tie game and in the bottom of the eighth and the Yankees lost. And there's really, you know, the Yankees can't go on losing streaks like this when they're, when they're chasing Tampa Bay, um, a team that just never seems to lose. So after that game, we went to seven games back in the division, um, and really just wanted to finish off the series strong winning Tuesday and Wednesday out in Anaheim and just get off the West Coast for the for the last time this year um, and, and go home to play the Orioles, which we already talked about that series. But in the Tuesday game, it was announced that Zach Britton has opted for surgery to have a, to remove a bone chip in his elbow and he's going to have it on when, September 8th, so Wednesday of this week. So they're said he's also going to have his UCL looked at, so he's done for the season, Another bullpen loss. Disappointing. Um, what can you do? There's not much you can do. Uh, Jamison Tyone got the start in this game. And Jaime Berea with a 5.56. ARA got the start for Los Angeles. Not much happened for the first three innings, but in the fourth, Rizzo hit a homer to right field, making it one nothing. Of course, the Yankees weren't able to hold that lead because that's just something that they weren't able to do at all this week. Uh, Jared Walsh homered scoring two runs, so it was a three-run shot, uh, 3-1 Angels in the bottom of the fourth. The Yankees offense kind of showed the- some resiliency in the top of the fifth. Gary Sanchez hit a homer, making it 3-2. Um, but then the Angels managed to score two runs, no, sorry, uh, three runs in the bottom of the fifth, making it 6-2. Um, Otani like kind of scored third, uh, stole home, in that inning. He basically it was first and third, uh, pitches thrown. Gary throws to the runner to try. Runner from first steals. Gary throws trying to throw him out, but while that was happening, Otani was able to steal home, and that gave the. Angel's a 6-2 lead. That was Otani's 22nd stolen base of the season. This guy literally does everything. He hits home runs. He hits for average. He hits for power. um, He can steal bases, and he's a great pitcher. Like This is just something we haven't seen ever in baseball, not not since Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth didn't do this. We've never seen this in baseball, so Otani is really exciting and fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. The Yankees were able to cut the deficit to 6-4, in the 8th, but game was over at that point. Um, another loss. So that was four straight losses for the Yankees. And I just wrote down, like, what happened to this team? All of a sudden, it looks like we're the first half Yankees again. Uh, 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 Tyone was terrible. And the offense grounded into five uh, double plays. Which is something they were doing all throughout the first half of the season. Um, interestingly, on Tyone, after pitching to a 1.25 ERA in seven starts from July 6th, to july 9th he now has an 8.20 era in his last four starts so yeah he's this team is and quite literally we've seen it this team is very very good and can push for division titles when their starters outside of garrett cole are good but when and so that would be kluber um, tyone Kluber and Tyone specifically, because those are two guys that we brought in to be solid starters this season behind Cole. That's the single reason we brought them in. And then obviously we also need Cortez, um, Herman when he's healthy, and, and Jordan Montgomery to be good too. But those guys, I guess Montgomery we do rely on, but like Cortez and Herman, we weren't really relying to relying on to be good starters this season. Definitely not Cortez. Um Herman was kind of a toss-up heading into the season with you know everything he had going on off you know out outside of the field but yeah just the importance of Tyone being good when he was good from July to August the Yankees were on fire now that he's been really bad of late the Yankees have been struggling and I think there's a direct correlation there Um, so I I think he starts again in this Toronto series we need him to be good I think he might start tomorrow night actually or tomorrow afternoon But his line in this Tuesday game, he went 4.2 innings pitched, five hits, six runs, all of them earned, two walks, and six strikeouts. His ERA moves up to 4.44 on the season. The Yankees' bats uh, on that Tuesday game were 1 for 10 with runners in scoring position, and they stranded six men on base. That is... I mean, this game was firmly on Tyone and his struggles, but the offense not being able to score with runners in in scoring position is is super frustrating and again i just keep saying it but it's first half yankees um it felt like we were going to turn a corner it did uh but it just seems like I, I i guess we did turn a corner in the sense that we were out of the wild card spot out of the wild card picture altogether we did turn the corner we're now in the driver's seat to host a wild card game but we're not we're not getting the division i'll tell you that right now wednesday night Uh, Garrett Cole got the start and I don't have a ton to say about this game Yankees won 4-0 or 4-1 Garrett Cole was amazing that like he was he showed exactly why you go out and sign a guy like Garrett Cole and I think this outing on Wednesday made him the obvious front runner for American League Cy Young he went out there and struck out 15 batters which was his season high he produced a 0.7 uh, FanGraphs WAR so w- wins above replacement in that game alone. Uh, for those that don't know, that's basically it's very good. It's showing his value. That stat shows that he has a very significant value to his team. Um, so he, after this game, he led the American League in wins, strikeouts, and complete games. Uh, he was tied for complete games, so he's third in the league with uh, in the American League with a 2.73 ERA. So again. Cy Young, in my opinion, he he went seven innings, four hits, one run. It was earned no walks and 15 strikeouts. His off-speed stuff was just dialed in alongside that fastball. He was really elevating that fastball with two strikes to strike out a lot of those angels batters. Um, Judge in this game, he did hit his 30th home run of the season, which is the second time that he's done it in his career. Um, He easily could have had 30 home runs in 2018 and 2019, but he, he did spend a lot of time on the injured list in those seasons. He is certainly in the MVP discussion. Like he definitely won't win, but he'll finish like top five to 10, uh, you know, this, this season in MVP voting, uh, and Chapman were good out of the bullpen, uh, to finish off the game. So nice win you know, to finish off that series, heading into a series against Baltimore, which I already talked about, which you really would have thought we would have swept them and kind of had a four-game winning streak going into a, a big series with Toronto this week. But of course, that was not the case. And I already talked about the Yankees' struggles um, this weekend against Baltimore. So I don't have a ton else to say, really. I don't have a hitter of the week just because the Yankees' offense doesn't deserve it, but if I had to give it to somebody, it would be Stanton or Judge. They had really good weeks, but kind of, well, they definitely struggled on Sunday and Saturday, so they kind of finished it off with a whimper. Um, Gary had a really good Sunday, so shout out to him. Pitcher of the week is Cole. Um, I mean, who else could could it have been? The starters really were pretty poor outside of Cortez had a good start, but Tyone and Montgomery weren't great. Um, but when the Yankees needed a win, Cole delivered with one of his best starts of the season, striking out 15. That's why you pay him the big bucks, like I said. Uh, remember when people were saying that he wasn't the same without Spider Attack? Yeah, they look like fools now. Um, he was dominant on Wednesday night, so shout out to Cole. Um, maybe he just needed to learn how to pitch without the Spider Attack. Um, but I guess I can kind of wrap it up here. I don't have a ton else to say. Um, the Yankees are now seven. So they're, they started the week six games back in the division, and they're now seven and a half games back in the division. They were two games ahead in the wild card to start the week. And kind of thanks to Boston's struggles today, they could have won the game today. Um, they're still like a half game up of Boston in the wild card seattle's three and a half back of boston toronto's four back and oakland's four back of boston so um, no one else is really in the race oakland's really been struggling of late they've they're four and six in their last 10 and they've lost three straight to toronto toronto's hot they've won uh seven of their last 10 games they have won four straight. They come into the Bronx for a four-game set starting tomorrow afternoon. So that is going to be a huge game or a huge series, mind me. Let's just see who's starting. So Monday night, we got Jamison Tyone against Ryu. That's a tough one. Uh, Tuesday, we have Garrett Cole against Steven Matz. So gotta win that game with Cole on the mound. Wednesday, the Yankees haven't announced a starter which means Thursday we haven't either. Um, but the Yankees do face Jose Barrios, the kind of an ace really for Toronto coming over from Minnesota. So that's going to be a tough, wow. That's going to be a really big series. The Yankees could theoretically fall out of the wild card if we get swept by them, which is mind boggling. And then they travel to City Field for a big three game subway series this weekend. Oh, that's going to be the Sunday night game. So looks like we're going to have a Monday podcast next week due to the fact that the game starts at eight o'clock on Sunday evening and I have work on Monday. So yeah, I'm not going to record that late. Um, but yeah, the Yankees definitely have not solidified a, any sort of playoff positioning. They started, uh, Friday marked the first game of a 20 game straight stretch without getting a day off. So the Yankees don't have a scheduled off day until September 23rd. So it's going to be a gauntlet. Really down the stretch of the season, and I just hope we can stay in that wild card spot, especially that home wild card position. Uh, Boston has a big set series with Tampa Bay this week, so hopefully, I mean, at this point, hopefully Tampa can take some games off Boston, and we can take some take some games off of Toronto, and we solidify that wild card positioning. But not too confident with the display this week. Um, yeah, that's really all I got. Uh, Yankees bats got to come around. The Yankees arms got to come around. Um, just disappointing display this week. I don't really think there's any other way to put it. And I've kind of spoke my my mind on it. So um, we'll we'll catch you guys next Monday for a podcast. Don't know if there's going to be any critics corner pot uh programming this week. I know it's a big um, football football week. Uh, obviously, college football started this weekend. And NFL starts up this week on Thursday night. So super excited for that. I think maybe we're going to do like a week one over reactions podcast uh, next week after week one of the NFL season. So look forward to something like that. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely have keep the content coming for you guys. Thank you guys for listening to this one. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace out.